Hey, this is Tyler Johnson, pastor of Mission Church located in Walnut Creek, California. I want to say thank you for tuning in. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you live the life God called you to live. Enjoy. Hey, what's going on, Mission Church? Happy Sunday. What an honor to be with you today. Shout out to your pastors, some of the greatest, kindest, most generous people on the planet, Pastor Tyler and Pastor Rachel, we love you, and um, we love everything about Mission Church. It's a happy church. It's a good-looking church. My goodness, I've seen you in person. It's a growing church, and even this time cannot stop what God wants to do in and through Mission Church, and uh, I just love that no matter what we're facing, it doesn't change the mission. See what I did there? But um, I just love that in the midst of this time, there's faith, there's expectation, there's lean-in. And um, if you're a part of this community, can I encourage you to be somebody that is connected to the community? You know, without connectivity, there's no commitment. And in this season, we need commitment now more than ever. And that commitment can only happen if you stay connected. So stay connected to your pastors, to the church, everything we're doing and we are better together. So um, I know that there's no sports going on, and that is a blessing for you Warrior fans because you don't have to face what would have happened because Steph Curry is just getting time to heal. So I just want to declare as a prophet, you're going to be back to your glory days. Chad, you're not a prophet. It's just natural. He's going to be back, and we're going to win again. So that's going to happen. But uh, it is such an honor to be with you today. I believe I got a message that's going to encourage you in the midst of this quarantine on how to combat uh, stress, anxiety, fear, and really allow you to step into the faith that God has for you. So come on, let's jump into today's message. Turn with me to the book of Acts chapter 16. Acts 16, go to verse 25, and let's read together what's happening. Now, just to give you a little bit of context, uh, these guys are in quarantine. They're in prison. They have been placed there not because they did bad things. They have been placed there because of their faith. But watch what the scripture reads here in Acts chapter 16. It says, about midnight, Paul and Silas. All right, I'm good on the keyboard. By the way, I got my man Drew playing keys for us today. Even in the chats, shout out Drew and Zoe Worship doing a fantastic job here. Okay, now, now I'm going to get, we'll bring him back here in a little bit, though. Don't, don't go too far away. Acts 16, verse 25. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundation of the prison were shaken. At once all the prisoners flew, prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. And the jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted. He said, don't harm yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for lights and rushed in and fell, trembling before Paul and Silas. And then he brought them out at once and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Verse 31, they replied, Man, all you have to do is believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house, 
at that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. He must have had some stuff at his house from CVS. Washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his household were baptized. And the jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. And he was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God. He and his whole household. I want to preach a message today. Again, it is an honor to be with you. Write down the title. It's called, That's My Jam. Put that in the chats right now. That's my jam. And I'm going to pray and believe that God will strengthen you and encourage you as we go to his word. Now remember, the Bible is not just a lamp to our feet or a light to our path. The Bible is not only alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. The Bible is not just filled with knowledge and understanding. The Bible points us to Jesus. The Bible is all about Jesus. So as I preach today, let's really receive and let's see another facet and glimpse of the love that is found in Jesus Christ. Come on, let's pray today. Jesus, we thank you that as we open up your word, we will understand you, we will know you, and God, we will fall more in love with you. Help us to understand that you're for us, you're with us, and God, we say that if you are for us, then if you are with us, who can be against us in Jesus' name? And everybody said together, Amen. Come on, in the chats. I want you to give me a big amen. I want the, the praying hand emojis. I want the claps emojis. I want the fire emojis. Come on, show me that you've got faith today to be in church. Okay, that's my jam. I don't know about you. I don't know what kind of music you like to listen to, but I love all kinds of genres. I grew up in the 90s. I fell in love with hip-hop, with rap music. Eventually, I would have to throw away all the ice cubes and the iced teas and the ice, every, everything was ice in the 90s, but I had to get, get rid of those and get some good Christian, but I always loved rap music, I love jazz, my six-year-old right now, his favorite music is jazz music, and I love him for that, because I love jazz music, I grew up on pop music, like, I'll get some baby, 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 oh, like, I just, I love pop music, I love every, I love you know, even slow jams, Mariah Carey, R&B. I love every type of music. There is just one music I do not like. There is just one genre I cannot stand. There is just one type of music that your boy does not consume. And that is, don't hate me in the chats. If you are prophetic, you know where I'm going. I don't listen to country music. I cannot, I don't ever put on the Kenny Chesney's or the Dirks Bentleys. I'm just, I don't want to hear about your dog, or your truck, or your ex, or she's the reason for the teardrops on my guitar. I don't want to hear it. But my favorite, I got to be honest, my favorite kind of music in the whole world is worship music. Oh, man. I love, I don't know if you love, I get, I love Hillsong. I love Hillsong Worship. I love Hillsong Young and Free. I love, I love all, United, I love all the Hillsongs. I love the Bethels. I love Israel Houghton. I love the Maverick City music. I love, I love, all, I love Jesus. I love worship music because there's something about the presence of God. There's something about elevation worship and the rattle starts going and I start guarding out a gray. I start going the blessing. Like I just love worship. You ever seen people in church? We, you know, in the digital age right now, you can't see people worship because they're quarantined in their homes. But you ever be at church and you see the guy with the alligator arms? Or you ever see the one that's throwing frisbees? 
Yeah, anyways. Okay, but, but what I love about God's presence is that God's presence can happen wherever you are. The thing that this quarantine has taught us is that His presence is just as real, just as true, and just as good at home as it is in the house of God. I just love this story because Acts 16, Paul and Silas are in quarantine. They're in prison. It's midnight, but they're still choosing to praise God. It says at midnight, Paul and Silas are singing, and they're singing hymns and praises to God. And I just want to encourage you, you just never know who's listening to your praise. Because all of a sudden, as they start worshiping, the other prisoners start coming to their cell, and they start eavesdropping. They start listening. Listen, be careful about what you post right now. Be careful about what you comment right now, because people are watching your life. And let's give them something to talk about. We're not, we're not putting out negativity. We're not putting out pessimism. We're, putting out, we're not putting out political opinions. We're putting out worship into the atmosphere. We're putting out faith into the atmosphere. People are listening to what's coming out of your home and coming out of your mouth and coming out of your life. And if they're going to listen, let it be the sound of heaven. Let it be the sound of faith. Let it be the sound of someone that might be stuck in a situation, but we're not determined by our circumstance. Our faith is going to determine our circumstance. We're going to worship in the midst of our struggle. Just love that. At midnight, Paul and Silas are praying and singing hymns to God. First of all, shout out to them that they made it to midnight because during the quarantine, I can't make it to 9 p.m. Midnight is an obscure hour. Jail is an obscure situation. But in the midst of their pain and the struggle, they're not looking at their bars or their chains they're looking at their Savior and their God. They're singing hymns, and all of a sudden, the other jail, the other prisoners start eavesdropping in. I want to encourage you and remind you, you never know who's listening to your praise. And so all of a sudden, as they start listening in, all of a sudden, the jail cell starts shattering. All of a sudden, it starts to shake, and all of a sudden, something starts breaking out. And write down number two today, even when it doesn't feel like it. We have a reason to worship. Even when you don't feel like praising God. Even when you don't feel like lifting your hands. Even when you don't feel like praising God or going to church. Maybe you're here and you're like, I have Zoom fatigue. I don't want to go to another team meeting. I don't want to be connected to my church. I want to take a Sunday off even when it doesn't feel like it. We have a reason to worship God. We worship God not because we have to. We worship God because we want to. We worship God not because of the bad things that have transpired. We worship God because of the good things he's about to do. Come on, praise him in the chats right now. Thank God that even when it doesn't look like it to the world, you and I have a reason to worship. What's our reason? Our God's not dead. What's our reason? This world is not my home. What's our reason? The best is yet to come. What's the reason? By faith, I will go to another level. What's my my reason I might be quarantined but God's not done with my life yet come on right now let's thank God together I've got a reason to worship this Sunday so here they are they're worshiping and they're praising God and this earthquake breaks out write down number three today it's not about the volume of our worship it's about the conviction of our praise when I read this in the text 
and an earthquake breaks out, my first thought was, how loud were they singing to make an earthquake happen? But then I realized it wasn't their volume that made the earth shake. It was their conviction that made the earth shake. Anytime you see someone in church and they worship with that worship face like, you know, they got the worship face. It's not because they're trying to contort their face to become more spiritual. It's that there's some depth to their praise. There's some, there's some, there's some struggle here. There's, you know, I think Paul and Silas had their ugly praise on here. And they've got conviction. Listen, it is not about the volume. It, you, you can praise in your mind. You can praise in your spirit. You can praise in your quietness. The Bible literally says in Isaiah, in quietness and rest, he will rescue you. You can praise God with conviction in solitude and in quietness. And God will rescue you. I want to encourage you. It's, God's not looking for volume. And thank God he's not looking for us to to sing on key. A lot of us are like, thank you, Jesus, that we don't have to sing on key because I know that I cannot sing on key. It wasn't their volume that broke out this jail cell. It wasn't how loud they were worshiping. It was the conviction. I pray over your life that one of the things that transpires is that out of this time, you have a greater conviction about your faith, a greater conviction about your trust, a greater conviction about your confidence in God. I'm telling you, Daniel is in a lion's den, and even in a lion's den, it doesn't shake his conviction, it increases his conviction. Moses is standing against the Red Sea, and he's not shook in his faith, he's convicted in his faith. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego get thrown into a fiery furnace, and they're not going like, man, we thought God was supposed to be good. No, they're more convicted. They are more sure. God is not looking for the volume. That's the exterior. God's looking for the conviction. That's the interior. God always works inside out. Now pray in this season, in this time, what we're going through, that the mission of your life in this season, that you would have a greater strength and a greater connection. Listen, the only way you can increase in your commitment is your connection with God. So they might be in prison. And they might be in jail. But they're going, we're not going to let these bars lock up our faith. We're going to let our faith head out into the atmosphere. And they start worshiping. And as they praise God, an earthquake breaks out. And all the prison doors fly wide open. And as the prison doors fly open, they start stepping out like, are you? Did we just? I've been to some church services, but I've never seen prison doors fly open. Like, this is, this is real revival. This is crazy. And all of a sudden... When the prison doors fly open, because remember it's midnight, the jailer wakes up and the jailer sees the prison doors open and he thinks to himself, oh my goodness, I cannot, he takes out his sword and he is about to commit suicide. He concludes to himself, I would rather commit suicide and take out my life than have to face my boss on what just transpired. Now, Paul and Silas have just walked out the jail cell. You would think they would just sprint back to the church to be back with the community. But they see the jailer and what's about to happen. And watch what the Bible says. In fact, write down number four. God's plan isn't for you to be grace so others can be punished. No, they actually look at the jailer and they go, Sir, 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 sir. Do not kill yourself. Do not take out your life. 
We are all still here. What I love about God is God does not try and create win-lose scenarios. God doesn't go, I'm going to bless you so I can punish somebody else. I'm going to set you free so it can hurt another life. No, God always creates a win-win scenario. He doesn't grace you to punish somebody else. No, you got to start to see the grace that is on your life to be a blessing in somebody else's life. you got to start to look at your life of what God has done to see how you can help connect with somebody else in your life. And I'll tell you the greatest way that you can make it through a crisis is look for people to bless. Look for people that thought that it was the end for them. Say, no, 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 God's got a plan. God's got a future. God's got something for you here. In fact, let me teach you and let me show you what God just did for me, he can do for you. God God didn't just set me free so he can lock you up. God set me free so I can be a, a conduit of freedom, a conduit of blessing, a conduit of grace. Come on, let's start seeing our life as a witness of what God can do. Come on, Paul and Silas walked out this prison cell, fresh out of a worship service and they said sir no 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 don't take your life you're about to get your life saved don't take away your future God's got a future come on in the in the comments right now I want you to thank God he is blessing you to be a blessing he is gracing you to be a grace he is comforting you so you can be a comfort he is giving you joy so you can spring laughter into somebody else's life somebody thank God today he's using you as he builds you I just love that Because they step out and they go, no, 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 no. Don't take your life. You're good. Watch what the jailer says. He doesn't say thank you. He walks over to them and he looks at them and he says, sir, what must I do to be saved? Write down the next point today. I love this thought. Number five. God still uses people to reach people. Did you notice it was not their worship that brought this man salvation? It was their kindness that brought this man salvation. He wasn't moved by their hill songs and Bethel songs. He was moved by the kindness of humanity. Oh, I still believe God uses humans to reach humans. He uses people to reach people. Come on, it's one text that you need to send this this week. It's one phone call that you need to make. It's one comment you need to reach out to somebody. He's using people to reach people. This guy looked at these guys and they go, man, if you serve a God that is that kind, if you serve a God that is that gracious, if you serve a God that doesn't just do earthquakes and miracles, it wasn't the miracle that brought his salvation. It was the kindness of a human. Come on, it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. I want to encourage you, increase your kindness. I want to encourage you, increase your care. We're here in Los Angeles, and we're just trying to do our part to give groceries to people. We're trying to do our part to create prayer moments for people. We're trying to deliver grocery to people's houses. We're trying to go to our partners, and we're just trying to increase the kindness in the land because I believe as we exemplify and as we show the world the kindness of heaven, it will be this type of decision that is made in people's hearts. He goes, sirs. What must I do to be saved? He came to salvation not off of a worship meeting. He came to salvation off of kindness. Be kind. Be gracious. Put others in front of yourself in this quarantine. And as he, 
as these guys show him kindness, and he comes up and he goes, sirs, what must I do to be saved? I like the reply that they give. He says, it's really simple, man. All you have to do is believe in Jesus. In fact, would you write that down in your notes? Believe in the Lord Jesus. It's really simple, man, jailer, sir. All you have to do is, I like that they gave him a very simple answer because the gospel is so simple. It is the good news of Jesus. They don't look at this man and go, you know, if you want to be uh, saved, you need to go to Growth Track, and you need to come to our membership, and you need to come to our connect group, and you need to make sure that you, you know, get rid of all your old ice cubes, ice teas, and ice whatever, and you need to, you know, clean up your life, and you need to stop doing this, that, and the other. And you, they didn't give a long laundry list. They just pointed the man straight to Jesus. They just said, all you have to do is believe. And the jailer's like, wait, wait, hold on. Because I have an aunt that is a Christian, and she does not make it look that simple. Are you trying to tell me that all I have to do is believe in Jesus? And they, sir, they say, sir, jailer, sir, all you have to do is believe in Jesus. And the guy looks at him, and he goes, if the gospel is that good, and if the gospel is that simple, and if God is that good, will you come back to my house, and will you tell my family about how easy it is to become a Christian? I want to encourage you today. Make it your mission. Make it your value. Make it your life to make following Jesus look easy. Following Jesus is simple. Don't make it hard for people to convert to Christianity. Don't make it this huge 10-step program. Just point people to Jesus. The jailer was so moved by the simplicity of the answer, he was like, y'all got to come to my house and tell my wife and my kids about Jesus. They're like, all right, cool. Like, you got food in the crib? like, yeah, let's go. Your wife's good with orange. It's the new black. The guy's like, yeah, let's roll. So boom, they're like, all right, we coming. They went straight from the jail to the man's house, and the man's house all got saved and all got baptized. It's that easy. Worship team, you couldn't join me, a.k.a. the keyboard player can come join me. But just write this down, number seven. Now I'm going to read it to you, but people that get saved are always ready to serve. Look here in these last verses. In verse 33, at that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. And then immediately he and his household were baptized. And the jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. And he was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole house. The same guy that was keeping them locked up has got them in his house. He has fed them KFC and he's washing their wounds amazing to me because people that just get saved they are so ready to serve they're like how can I help what do you need pastor how can I help build the church well how can I be involved what do you need I just it, it's, it's the joy of salvation that's why Psalm 51 when David writes oh God created me a clean heart renewing me a right spirit and restoring to me the joy of my salvation What's he saying? He's saying, God, I've gotten, I've gotten mundane. I've gotten rote. I've gotten religious. I've lost my passion. I, I want to go back to, to that jailer kind of spirit. I want to go back to those early days when I'd read my Bible and I'd pray and I'd stay up all night listening to hymns and worshiping. And God, where have I lost my religion? Restoring to me the joy. It's amazing. Don't lose it, church. Don't lose it in your passion. Don't lose it in your, in your fervor for God. 
Because what will happen is you just get lulled to sleep. The jailer's like, hey, can, I, can I wash your wounds? Can I feed you a meal? I'm, I'm saved. I'm baptized. My kids are saved. My wife's saved. Oh, my gosh. I was about to be suicidal, but now i got salvation, and now I've got God. I will serve God. Religion will mess you up because all of a sudden you just go through the motions and you're like, Christianity's boring. Christianity's not boring. My God is not boring. You got boring. God didn't. And we got to awaken to the Spirit of God. We got to go back to that, oh, God created me a clean heart. Renew in me a right spirit. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. I'm telling you, Paul and Silas are in their quarantine and they are worshiping God at midnight because of the joy of their salvation. They're like, I might be in jail, but I'm still going to heaven. I might be in this prison cell, but I still got grace. I might be locked up, but I'm free in Christ. Come on in the chat. Thank God right now. No virus, no quarantine. Nothing can stop the work of grace grace that is happening in your life. And just maybe in the midst of a pandemic, your praise is going to save somebody's life. Maybe your worship is going to shake the earth. It will not be your volume. It will be the conviction of my heart. I know God is for me. I know God is with me. I know the devil's trying to take me out. I know the devil's trying to bring depression. I know the devil's trying to mess with my... No, I will stand and praise. I'm not singing R&B, and I'm not singing country or rap. I'm singing the praises of my God. And I'm telling you, as you worship God, I don't care if you are in a car, a shower, your house, an apartment, the presence of God. It will fall like rain. It says literally in the Bible, it says repent therefore and be converted so that times of refreshing can come to the presence of God. I'm praying that over you today. I'm believing that as you worship God, there will be power in your praise. And as you worship, not only will you be comforted with the presence of the living God, but freedom will break loose in your life. And as you get free, you'll be a conduit of freedom to others. Paul and Silas did not think while they were in prison, you know, if we worship, we can save the jailer. If we praise the Lord, we can get a whole family saved. No, 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 no. They were just saying, God, I need you. I need you, God. I need you. I need you. I need you. I love you. I live for you. You are my life. And God used the sincerity and the simplicity of their praise to break forth a miracle. I pray that you would become a worshiper in the midst of this quarantine now more than ever before. Let it be something that's just, whoo! Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. God, I thank you for Mission Church right now. God, bless this church. Bless this house. Use Pastor Tyler and Pastor Rachel. Use this church to do mighty things on the earth. We bless them in Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening to the Mission Church podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Bay Area, we invite you to come join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at missionchurchca.com. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.